didn't see it coming. The podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Now, we're, you're going to take us through predictions of winners and losers of, yeah. of, of 2016. Yeah. Okay. So, take, it, mean, away. take for, it away. Uh, well, first off, I want to start with a question. Okay. For, give me a winner for 2016. Who do you think? Winner for 2016. Mm. Uh, in terms of... In terms of company, brand, business model? Um, I think Tesla is going to continue to improve. Yeah. I think yeah. they're going to keep going good. They're yeah. going to keep going good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think about Apple? Apple, Apple seems to be a bit on the decline. Yeah, and uh, another one that's on the decline. A uh, uh, lady I interviewed from Royal Roads um, in the last segment, uh, Facebook. Ah, that's interesting. She and I just had a conversation outside in the hall, and we were going about oh. on about how Facebook, I believe, is just hitting its stride. Oh, is she, that yeah, right? Yeah, we were, we were talking about that. Now, it's interesting because, um, like with all the great ideas that I present to you, most of them are stolen. And <laughs> well, I, I do I, the same thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and I talked because uh, I knew that I had to come up with a, a blockbuster for the end of the year. I went out and talked to the smartest people I know, yeah. folks from my business partner in your ultimate speech, uh, Neil Belenke, to Jim Hayhurst, who runs Predio Interactive here, to Freya Williams, who runs Futera. Uh, green ad agency out of New York, Hugh Riven, a brand planner here out of Victoria, and so on and so on and so on. Really, really bright people. And I got some fascinating feedback on who they thought would be winners and losers. The first one, Facebook. Um, okay, we're talking about winners now. Yeah, we're Fa- talking Facebook, about winners. Facebook's a winner. That's right. Well, he, and, and let me tell you okay. why. And I, I, there's a, um, a fellow named uh, Nick Badminton, who's a social media expert. And I talk to him quite a bit, and we hang out. And he hates Facebook. And the reason he hates Facebook is because it's a walled kingdom. That is, all the information that Facebook gathers stays inside Facebook. It's a bit like Apple. It's a closed ecology where yeah. every Apple product works with every other Apple product, but Outsiders stay outside. Now, that's a bad thing unless you get to a certain size. And now Facebook is huge. And so what that means is they've got analytics on the people that are using Facebook unlike any other social medium out there. So they have information on everybody in the world. Now, to an ad agency, that information is pure gold, but they can't access it. They have to go kiss the ring of Facebook. And Facebook does the deals that Facebook wants to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember from the, the last guest that you had on, we were talking about uh, the deal. Or did you talk about this? The deal that they did with the New York Times where New York Times can run Facebook exclusive content? No. No, you, you, talk- didn't, you didn't talk about it? We no. talked about that in the hall. Okay. Because I think that is a fantastic example of how Facebook is on the ascendancy. Um, they did a deal with the New York Times where New York Times can run content exclusively inside the walls of the, of the city of Facebook, and then Facebook gets to dictate the terms of the advertising for that. So they're controlling the content now. They've gone beyond being a dating site, a site where you show your family holiday pictures, to actually controlling the consumer. They have the, the, the finger on the pulse of the consumer, and any ad agency or PR agency or a company that wants to talk to consumers... They got to go kiss the ring of the Pope. Yeah, that that may be an interesting business model, but younger people don't want to be on Facebook because their parents are on Facebook. Yeah, but how many parents are there? 
There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. Is Facebook going to stay on the ascendancy? Probably not, but they are right now. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of dough who are on Facebook, and uh, Facebook owns them. So are you, I, that's, are that's you, one are of the you on Facebook? No. Hate it. No, so do I. Hate I, it. I hate it. Too. Absolutely hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are talking now, about it. We, another neither one of us is on exactly, it. We hate it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Mark Bussey and Jim Hayhurst. Mark Bussey, a designer out of Vancouver, and Jim Hayhurst, who runs Predio Interactive, both came back with Volkswagen. I'm like, oh. Volkswagen? I thought they're dead meat. And yeah. they said, no, no, they're German. And Germans react well when they're backed into a corner. They think of things through. They analyze them. They say, watch for surprising things from the Volkswagen camp. We'll probably never see another TDI or it's going to go down. But watch for the Germans. TDI. Uh, turbo diesel. That's the, yeah. the one that got caught in the Volkswagen emissions scam. Yeah. But watch for Volkswagen to think of some way to go, hey, how can we turn this into an opportunity to build trust with people and come back with something even better? You know, it's one of those things where you go, yeah. it looks like fantasy and crazy until they do it. And then it goes, oh, of course. Yeah. You know, it's Volkswagen. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Okay. Volks, uh, Facebook and Volkswagen. Facebook and Volkswagen. Now, here's another one. Speaking of Alberta. <laughs> we yeah. were talking about, you know, not only companies that are on the up and up, but movements or companies that are on the down. One of the things that I kept harping on about was, you know what, Alberta, the oil price is down. So what we should do, it's not about oil, it's about energy. And so we should get Alberta thinking about energy. And I know the NDP government is doing this, saying, hey, why don't we have everybody in Alberta start thinking about wind power and solar power? Mm -hmm. And uh, my partner on your ultimate speech, Neil, he said, you know what, that's completely wrongheaded thinking because Oil is a resource, an extraction-based business, mm -hmm. whereas windmills and solar power are a tech-based business. In extraction, we're very, very good in Alberta. Mm -hmm. When it comes to tech, though, we're just one of many. In mm -hmm. fact, we're probably laggards when it, comes to, when it comes to technology. So he says, all this talk about Alberta being shifting from extraction to technology as far as energy goes, completely wrong-headed. Look for something to really crash there. I don't know. You know, but oh, uh, okay. I think it's a very interesting perspective. Yeah. Now, there's another one. Oh, I, I can't, I, I, can't okay. let, I can't let you interrupt here. Twitter. <laughs> what do you think of Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. And, You're uh, not on Twitter? I have, I have no use for it, well, to be quite honest. I, I'm on Twitter all the time, but honestly, I use it as a megaphone. And yeah. uh, I use it to project out when I write blog posts, when I put podcasts out, newspaper articles, interact a little bit with people via Hootsuite. Um, Jim Hayhurst, again, with Predio Interactive, said uh, Twitter, look for them to decline. And for a completely uh, obscure reason to somebody like me, it's Jack Dorsey, the CEO. Can somebody run Twitter and Square effectively at the same time? And Square? Square, yeah. Square What's is a company that's a payment company. It's an online payment company. Not an online payment company. It's a tool that you can plug into your iPad or iPhone, and you can swipe a credit card across it, okay. and it collects payments. Fantastic tool. Really good idea. Yeah. And now he's running Twitter and Square. So he's doing both of them. He's doing both of them because he's got, probably got a lot of time on his hands. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing where I'm going, well, I didn't, did not see that coming. So uh, your, your authority feels that as a result of his his confused dilution dilution of, of vision mm -hmm. he will spend more time with square than he will with twitter or not spend enough time with either or not spend enough time with either yeah exactly absolutely. and i don't know uh, but to me twitter uh, i like twitter i like using it i like projecting with it i like checking out what people are saying but as an outsider relative tech outsider 
I look at Twitter and I go, I don't know. Is anybody reading this stuff? It's the perpetual question with social media. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are asking that question with Twitter and a lot of people are moving away from it. Do you know what? I mean, I do this two hours a day and quite frankly, after I'm finished, I don't care what people say. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I think one of the things that we've lost in society today is silence, mm-hmm. uh, 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 reflection, mm-hmm. introspection, and we're always trying to um, impress other people. And I think uh, we're always looking for something outside of ourselves. And the real, the real gold, the real diamond is within us. And people don't do that enough. Well, let me play on that. Another thing that I think that is going to continue to tank in 2016 is our brain. A prediction for 2016. And for exactly the same reasons that you just mentioned. Uh, in my book, Didn't See It Coming, I talk about the stupid curve. Yeah. That uh, when we buy a new device, a phone or a tablet, we get an operating system. We have to learn the operating system. As soon as we're halfway to learning the operating system, they switch the operating system. So mm-hmm. we have to learn again. Now, multiply this by your dishwasher, your car, your stereo, your television, your Fitbit on your wrist. And basically what it does, it keeps knocking us backwards to this area of cognizant incompetence. So we understand that we don't know anything about what's going on. And that's not a happy place. You feel very insecure. And I think people are so obsessed with knowing and trying to stay ahead and trying to keep up and trying to keep the email pile down and see who's talking about who on Twitter or on Facebook that it puts us into this catatonic shock. And what I think is going to happen in 2016 more than ever before is that people are going to succumb to the noise. Our brains are just going to start to fizzle on us because we don't reflect, we don't think, we look to outsiders for validation. And when you talk about technology, uh, I'll tell you something that really, and I don't want to use this phrase, pisses me off. And uh, I had an older computer and uh, it was just, uh, it needed to be replaced because it was about six years old. I bought a new one. I get Microsoft uh, Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take it home and I'm searching through the computer for Word for Windows. Of course, it doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You have to rent it. I discovered. <laughs> I mean, I talked to Alan Perry and, and you have to rent it for $7 a month. And I said, I'm not renting it for $7 a month. I mean, I felt as though I was ripped off because I have to rent Word for Windows. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. According to Brad Gamble, my, uh, my old client from McDonald's, who's now uh, the dean of business at Sauter, he said, we are moving towards the sharing economy where people don't want to own Windows anymore. They want to rent Windows. Well, you know what? I think he's wrong because <laughs> I, uh, I think businesses want us to rent Windows. Mm-hmm. We want to own the damn thing because uh, I want to continue to use it. Right. But I, I can't. I, I have to rent it. Now, what, and, about a, what about a car? What about a car? What about a car? What about a car? Do, do I want to lease a car? No, I don't want to lease a car. Do you want to not have a car at all and just get a car from Uber, uh, get somebody to drive you from Uber, or get a car to go where you just go, oh, look on my app, there's a car standing outside, I'll go use that one, drive down the street, leave it where I found it, and uh, don't, pay for, don't pay for insurance, don't pay for parking, don't pay for nothing. No, I don't, uh, don't want to do that. Well, see, that's another no. thing. It's in, this is a neat one. Here's our, here's our vocabulary for the day. Easterlin paradox, it's called. It is that we quickly adapt to our level of material wealth, and that as we become more comfortable with the things we own, we go, my God, 
look at this. We are just sitting here. We got too much stuff. We got too much storage space. Let's get rid of some of the stuff because we're just getting too fat and complacent. So we're seeing a lot of people, especially younger people, saying, I don't want all those keys. And good for them. Yeah, I don't want those keys. I don't want the car. I don't want the apartment. I don't want the hotel. I want to go live in somebody's you know, in somebody's suite or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I want to live in my parents' basement and play <laughs> video games all day. We'll take a commercial break and come back with Mark Stoiber. Welcome back. Mark Stoiber is our guest, brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur, and author. And one of the things I love about listeners of this station, uh, they provide a wealth of information. And Al sent an email and said, you can purchase Word for Windows for $149 US, and it will need an upgrade every year, which won't be free. Or you can always have the latest version by renting, and you can use it anywhere. Thank you, Al. I appreciate that. Uh, let's go to the phones. Don has been uh, waiting patiently. Hi, Don. Um, hi there, Ian. And to you, Mark. Hey. Um, hey there. Um, you said something about Facebook that really uh, intrigued me. And it, it, to my way of thinking, it makes uh, perfect sense. So I, if I understood correctly, Mark, you mentioned something about uh, through advertising uh, by Facebook, they would have the ability to basically write the contracts in Facebook's favor. Now, having said that, I, I think it, it, it's, uh, what would you say? I, I kind of believe by that, though Facebook could have uh, well, so much control in that uh, the governments basically have a lot of information about us. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Facebook, they have our emotions, and basically they've quantified the, our emotions, unlike our, I think it's the first corporation, worldwide corporation, that has ever accomplished that. Now, Ian and I have mentioned this uh, uh, at other times. If you can control the heart or get to the heart, the brain or the uh, vote will follow, and that is, that, is, that is truly control. Now, getting back to Facebook, uh, if Facebook has that much power, and I don't see why they wouldn't, uh, where they can condone or uh, deny a corporate agenda, things could really change. Okay, now what's the question, though? The question is, if that's the case, is there, like, when, when you forecast, how long is your timelines? Oh, geez, you know what? I'm, I'm taking a shot in the dark here. I would say that uh, watch for Facebook to continue to ascend before they decline. I think that something like this, a closed-wall empire, cannot survive. But look in 2016 for Facebook to keep rising up, especially when it comes to selling consumer data, consumer analytics to things like ad agencies. So they're going to be a brand that controls how other brands go to market. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. Very okay. interesting. Thanks, Don. Okay, you bet. Okay, bye. And uh, tell us more. Who, who do you think is going to soar? Who's, who's going to tank? Marijuana. Marijuana's yeah, going to soar, just yeah. just as we were sharing that fatty in the break. Yeah, I it'll, think it, it'll get higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I have a whole bunch of people that I know out on the West Coast especially who are building brands for marijuana companies. And I believe marijuana, not just marijuana, but marijuana that is going towards pharmaceutical marijuana. So they're taking... Medical marijuana. Exactly. Yeah. They're taking the grass, the hash brownies, the, the, the Hindu kush, the lemon haze or whatever. They're taking that stuff out of the equation, the guys with the tattoos on their necks out of the equation, and they're moving it towards pharmacology where it's guys in white lab coats 
big pharma companies separating the cannabinoids from the plant and turning them into new drugs. And I think there's going to be an absolute explosion when it comes to marijuana. God forbid if marijuana gets in the hands of the pharmaceutical companies, because it's, I mean, they are, they are the, the biggest criminals yes. on the face of the earth. I think that's exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. I think they're going to get over their hump of, oh, we can't do this. They're going to own it, and it's going to be an absolute explosion. I have an email from uh, Ryan who says, great discussion. You mentioned renting versus owning stuff. What I cannot fathom is why people would buy an older condo where the monthly fees rival the rental value. Yeah, that's an interesting comment. Let's go it's to the phone. very interesting comment. And uh, talk to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Ian. I think you just got your answer. You're an advocate for medical marijuana. <laughs> you can get away from listening to all us morons on the uh, phone. And no, I, I, I didn't say I didn't say there were morons on the phone. <laughs> no, I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm including myself in those morons. <laughs> yeah. But you can open up your own medicinal marijuana outlet, uh, Jessup's joint. Uh, no, no <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know anything about. Uh, I know very little about marijuana. And I think the people that are running the dispensaries know very little about it too. <laughs> the only thing I know is that the only thing I know is that the marijuana of the '60s is not the marijuana of today. Oh no, no, it's it's far far stronger. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. not that I'm an advocate of smoking it, but I have friends that smoke it, and they're the first ones to tell you. Yeah, oh, hold yeah. on a minute, hold on a minute there, uh, because yep. I just want to clarify. I'm not talking about marijuana, the sort of stuff that that you can buy at a dispensary. Yeah, you're talking can- about cannabis is, oil. I'm talking about yeah, the super super Thanks, purified, uh, super distilled uh, cannabinoids that they can then inject, yep. put into pills and and supplements, just like you have an aspirin. Mm-hmm. You'll have something that has marijuana in it. You won't even know it has marijuana in it. It's just going to be another pill, and I think that's where it's going to explode. Uh, I interview a woman named Corey Ellen from Victoria who mm-hmm. had anal cancer, was given six months to live, mm-hmm. and told that she would die within six months if she didn't have radiation. She refused radiation and, uh, and started studying uh, cannabis oil, uh, started taking cannabis oil, and mm-hmm. this was four and a half years ago, and she's still alive today. Exactly. And she's cancer-free. Well, that, I mean, it's anecdotal because, and everybody goes, oh, it's anecdotal evidence. It's anecdotal evidence. Well, that's because it's such a relatively new phenomenon. But in the U.S., doctors prescribing opioids and cannabinoids, so opium-based drugs in conjunction with cannabis-based drugs, and they're drugs. They're not telling them to smoke. They're prescribing those two drugs together are seeing deaths fall by 20%. Mm -hmm. So we don't have it in a study yet, but this comes from uh, a good source who didn't want to be named because they're involved in the marijuana industry. So so there's a lot of stuff happening there. Now, one that I want to talk about because I'm directly involved in it is cooking. And just like medical marijuana is on the rise, I believe that health-based, nutrition-based cooking is on the rise. Not just at home where people are saying, you know what, we've got to cook more fresh vegetables, but in restaurants. I work with a client uh, named Ruby, and they are the world's largest uh, online cooking school. And they've sort of stepped into the breach of Red Seal and Cordon Bleu cooking providing online cooking instruction for big hotels all around the world. And what they're seeing, the biggest demand, insurance companies and doctors. What doctors are looking for is a way to prescribe cooking to their patients so they don't wait until they have to get so unhealthy that they need the drugs, that instead they start to eat better, live better, so they stay vital and healthy. Doctors are asking for that, and insurance companies are asking for that. So expect more of an explosion of doctors going, you know what? 
you're going to get diabetes if you don't start to eat differently. And I know how to prescribe that to you. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. I think uh, there is a trend to more more nutritious food. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons is because Americans are getting so fat, mm-hmm. they're just getting fatter and fatter. And uh, one of the reasons uh, for uh, global warming is that uh, the Americans are so fat, they've tilted the Earth's axis. Because <laughs> No, I think we should go back to the medical marijuana. Yeah, let's go back to the medical <laughs> marijuana. Okay. Uh, I got, got one uh, I want to close on. Okay, fire away. Brand Canada. Brand Canada. I, I, we talked about yeah, this in the break, and yeah. you and I are both in agreement on this, but I think JT is bringing sexy back. And uh, I think Canada, even, uh, even if J- Justin Trudeau wasn't such a cool-looking dude, I think we're finding our role again in the world, which is the peacekeeper role and the, the person who's the go-between and people who I think, thank you very much, Donald Trump, we're setting ourselves apart again from the United States, and I don't think it's hurting us. No, I totally agree with you, and I think the meanness of, yeah. of Stephen Harper has is, is disappeared. I think that's a, it's a wonderful thing, and it doesn't it feel it feels different, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. There, there's there. I think there's a collective feeling amongst uh, people that I've talked to that. Um, I mean, it's been it's a trite phrase that's been used. We're back. Yeah, and I think it's it's very true, and it's a generational change. Yeah, and Justin Trudeau is in his in his forties, and it's time for these old buggers in. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that. Uh, it's time that they, they left politics and the new generation took over. Well, you know, it's... And, it's and, 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 and sorry to interrupt, but also the fact that he has, his cabinet is 50% men, 50% women. Yep. Love it. Yeah. You know, there's another part of it. I think what's cool about Justin Trudeau is that he is close enough to the climate apocalypse. He's got young, young kids. He's in his 40s. So he's on the other side of that where he's going, oh, my God, look at the world we're inheriting as opposed to people, you know, who are much older than you and me because mm-hmm. we're in our 30s, too. But people who are way older than you and me who are going, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll be dead before that happened. Yeah. So I think that I think we're going to see a lot of radical change. And I think it's going to be very, very good for Canada to yeah, start being right. noticed for the right things yeah. again. Mark, yeah. thanks for coming in. It's been fun. Thank you and very you know, much for and, having me. And, and you know what? Though, he, and, and Mark's right about this thing. And the, and the whole thing is I, I've talked to people who said, you know what? Problem with the liberals? They don't know anything about the economy. They don't know anything about the numbers. My gosh, they got a guy who used to be head of the Toronto Dominion Bank. They got a bunch of other guys. But and they say, well, what are you going to do? Well, it's going to ruin the investment community. I'm saying, well, if you got the ba- if you got the bucks, turn around and invest in in the windmills and invest yeah. in in the in the. Uh, That's the Terry Moore. You uh, you the, hear in the background. Uh, and, and you'll uh, hear me too. I'm, I'm yeah, back. Listen, I'm back December twenty ninth. News is next. You're going. Oh, bye. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you want to get a hold of me, drop me an email at mark, M-A-R-C, at markstoiber.com, M-A-R-C-S-T-O-I-B-E-R.com. Have a good one.